No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Well, Ezzy, much like the Winnipeg Jets, this show didn't start on time. And that you can delays. blame me. That's my fault. Well, I did already in the chat, but much like the Winnipeg Jets, who, unfortunately for them, in a must-win game, that's not my quote, that's their, from their head coach, they didn't must win it. In fact, they did the opposite. They must lose it. And uh, an anemic first period, unfortunately for the home team, led to a, uh, a lackluster effort and, uh, and they fell behind and, and couldn't, couldn't get much done. Good morning. Good. Wait, what is it? Good afternoon. I don't want to get into your and Drew's debate right now, Ezzy, because it's 5.15 almost. So we're kind of in that mid, almost in that midpoint. Good afternoon, afternoon. Winnipeg. Good afternoon, Manitoba. And for all of those joining us live, welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. I am the occasional host, Dave Manuk, joined by my main man, Ezzy Ginsberg, provide some analysis Hopefully on something other than that hockey game. Maybe as we can do, folks are asking for an extended Moose minute. The Moose, of course, because of their big win yesterday, comeback win, they have a point streak of nine games. I'm going to, of course, talk about that later. But some folks are calling for that to be the entirety of today's discussion. I won't won't subject it. But Honestly, of course- I would rather talk about the Moose right now <laughs> than, than the Jets. I mean, let's get right into it. And I'm sure we're going to touch on the Nino Niederreiter trade. We're going to uh, touch which- on everything, Yes, We're touching like on everything all. about that trade, Dave. And I, I love the player and I love the fact that the Jets didn't have to give up a roster player. I yep. love the a second round pick and obviously it's not a 2023rd because uh they don't sorry, have 20, it. Right. So they don't have a second round pick. So they don't have any second round picks for the next couple of years. Uh but I think it's a, a really good exchange because of the fact that not only will Niederreiter help you in the goal scoring department, he's got one year left on his contract at a really manageable four million dollars a year, right? Like you could argue, I would argue he's underpaid. Um, you know, he could definitely be kind of in that five to five and a half million dollar range. But going back to this game, you mentioned yep. you know, it's a must win game. The game against Colorado on Friday night was also a must win game. And the Jets have lost 10 of their last 16 games. I repeat, the Jets have lost six, pardon me, 10 of their last 16 games. They've only won six. They've lost five of their last six games and they continue to str- struggle to score goals. And they're now in a wild card spot and the Jets are in serious danger if they keep playing this way. Again, if they keep playing this way, the Jets are in serious danger of missing the playoffs. And that's not something we would have said even a couple of weeks ago, Dave. So it's really remarkable. You know, you lose three of four on the road, a tough Eastern uh, road trip, Eastern Conference road trip. And then you come back and you know, you know Colorado and Islanders aren't going to be easy. But, you know, it's unacceptable at this point in the season to lose five of six. And, you know, you know, we'll get into it here, but, you know, that first period, again, you know, it, it seems like it, it's the Achilles heel of this team. And, yes, the Jets had a much better second period and they were generating more offense. Um, but that first period put them in a position, Dave, that they were chasing the entire game. So, I mean, it's, it's really unfortunate. And it's one thing if we were talking about how, you know, the Jets just, they lost by a goal and, you know, Varlamov played really well. The Jets played really well. They just... You know, they couldn't get, you know, the extra point or the, the couple points, but the Islanders were the better team, um, you know, plain and simple. And at this point, they need points. And, you know, Colorado, they're, they're not going anywhere, right? Minnesota's not going anywhere. Uh, Dallas has been struggling, as we talked about on yesterday, yesterday morning show. 
but this is a team right now that it, they're having trouble with the fundamentals of hockey. And they also, where's the passion? Like, where's the heart and soul of this team, Dave? Like at times, like even when they pulled the goalie there with, you know, four minutes left or five minutes left, whatever it yeah. was, I mean, just where's the energy and and the passion on this team? Like they're, they're in serious trouble here. And yes, Nino Niederreiter is going to help. And there's a good chance that he's going to play Tuesday night against L.A., but Nito Niederreiter is not going to fix all of the issues the Jets currently have. No, and we'll talk more about that that acquisition that took place yesterday uh, afternoon, uh, a little bit later in the show, Ezzy. But, I mean, there's no explaining that effort from this Winnipeg Jets club. I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois tried to get some, some you know, some juice going in the second period with a, with a pretty good tilt, trying to, you know, wake up his team. But I mean, and he had some get... scoring chances too. PLD, he had the uh, the deflection. He had a shot right from the slot area, right? Like he he had some scoring chances, Dave, and the fight, right? But yeah, yeah, no, it's not. You know, it's. I mean, you're you're searching for moral victories right now. Well, and just to quickly, I'll touch on Nino Niederreiter for one more second. But it was funny because I did say, like, guys, what is going on? Why is this team like allergic to shooting the puck? Like it's it's enough already. Like you've got. Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor, Mark Scheifele, three world-class guys when they have the puck on their stick. And it's just, it's like right now. And, and again, another thing, starting the third period, they've missed the net 15 times in this game in the first 40 minutes. 15 misses, 15 opportunities to create a rebound. It's just embarrassing. It's just bad. And again, I don't know the stat in terms of where they are in terms of the league. Um, well, it looks like we've lost Ezzy for a second or he's maybe he's, He's thinking, there we go. He's back. So look, it's it's one of those things that the Jets have to clean up. They just can't do it. And you know, to me, the big one of the biggest questions, the two big question marks coming into this game as for sure were especially sorry, after not coming into the game. The first one was Connor Hellebuck not starting. I mean, you pulled Connor Hellebuck presumably in the third period to start that third period of that Colorado game because you're anticipating that you're going to use him today and you want him to take that period off, not get peppered with shots and get some get some energy. And instead of doing that, what ends up happening? You end up not using Connor Hellebuck, your number one goalie in a must-win game, use David Riddich. And again, I'm not uh, blaming David, David Riddich on this one because Riddich has been good. Hold on, we got Big Daddy coming in through this, through this screen. We're going to remove him from this one as a little different view for you, but that's okay. We'll, we'll make it work. But the fact of the matter is, that I was just saying, Ezzy, it's just an unusual situation where you end up taking out not using Connor Hellebuck in a game that's really, again, a must win. Look what happens. Minnesota wins. If Seattle, right now, and as you said, Ezzy, to start the show, Minnesota wins this game, their game story in Columbus, a comeback game. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov had a, a natural hat trick, I believe. But the fact is you've got a situation where they came back, won the game, pushed into second place, pushed the Jets into the first wild card spot. And if Seattle wins tonight, Seattle is now leapfrogging Winnipeg, and now you're in the second wild card spot. So in a game where you absolutely needed to win, not using your number one goaltender, when you pulled him out of the game in the third period of that game on Friday, is I, I to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I know a lot of our, our colleagues in the press box were, were discussing that when the game began, you know, why it would be David Riddich over Connor Hellebuck. And again, you know, the goaltenders, unlike except for Linus Allmark, as he as you tweeted out on Friday, they generally don't score. So you can't blame it all on, like, especially when the Jets aren't scoring goals, you can't blame it all on goaltending. But of course, David Riddich, I'm sure, would want those first and third goals back. But to me, that was like, once that game was about to start, that was a big question mark for me. What did you kind of take away from that situation? Yeah, I was I was obviously surprised 
that Connor Hellbuck didn't get the start and they went with David Riddick, who, you know, did some admirable work in mop-up duty against the Avalanche, right? But, I mean, this is a must-win game. And so it's easy, it's low-hanging fruit, right, to say that, you know, well, Riddick it was bad on the first goal and even the third goal, even though Brock Nelson, um, you know, I mentioned this uh, during the All-Star Skills competition uh, when he won the Accuracy, Dave, like he's been a criminally underrated player basically his entire career. And so this guy's a sniper. So it's the first goal to me that's the, the I guess, the weaker goal, if you want to call it that, right, the Bo Horvat goal. Um, but, you know, you, you you can't really, you know, do much about it at this point. The game's over. Uh, Rick Bonus decided to go with David Riddick, right? And, you know, it's not a decision that I think a lot of people agree with. Um, but he went with Riddick, and we expect, obviously, Hellebuck. I think everyone would be shocked if it isn't Hellebuck on Tuesday night versus the Kings. And then you obviously expect, you know, there's a good chance that Riddick plays one of those games against Edmonton, but not necessarily because Hellebuck just played a couple of back-to-back games in New York, right? But yeah. the first goal, if you want to get into that right now, Dave, like, you know, it's a good play by Bo Horvat, who's obviously, you know, only been an Islander for a few weeks now, and he's having a, a career yeah. year in the goal-scoring department. But, I mean, he takes that puck in his own zone, you know, skates it up the ice. Um, and then was it Ehlers or was it Morrissey? I forget who was back. Um, I don't have it up on, on my screen here. For some reason, my MacBook, as you know, Dave, keeps <laughs> cutting off for absolutely no reason. Um, yeah. But I'd have to pull it up. But whoever the, the Jet was defending, Horvat kind of uses him as a screen. It was Morrissey, I think. Yeah, it was Morrissey. So there you go. So it was still the shot, though, that David Riddick has to stop. What was that, yeah. 30, 30 feet out? Something like that? At least. Like, it was it was a long shot. Yeah. And Horvat's a sniper, but that's the type of shot that you have to make. Uh, pardon me, a save that you have to make. So again, you know, Riddick wasn't great tonight, but Riddick also wasn't the reason why the Jets lost. Like, point to whatever you want to point to. Uh, you know, the shots were, I think, what, 10 to 1 in the first period? 10 12 to 1. 12 to 1 in the first yeah. period. Yeah. And then halfway through, the Jets only had five or six shots on net, right? So, I mean, the second period was better, but I mean, that it's pretty easy to be better when you were god-awful in the first period, right? So, so yes, David Riddick, two of those three goals were weak, Dave, especially the Horvat goal. Um, but there's a lot of guys on this team that just have to be better, right? Like we talked about Pierre-Luc Dubois was arguably the Jets' best forward. Kyle Connor. I mean, on, when the Jets had their power plays, you know, he was ripping the puck. He was getting open, creating space for himself. Mm -hmm. Like, Connor's game, Morrissey was good. Like, but, you know, there were just too many players. Ehlers was good. Yeah, Ehlers was good, but there just wasn't enough players on the Jets who had an impact on this game. And last time I checked, you don't win a lot of games when you don't score any goals. So when you factor everything in here, Dave, you know, the Jets had lost their previous two games, four of their last five, you know, Sunday afternoon game, a must-win game, you knew – you know, that the the avalanche are rolling. You didn't want to fall into a wild card spot. And that's exactly where the Jets are now. So just overall disappointing effort. Everything about this game was just awful. Including Ezzy going too quickly for me to be able to even get in our, our intro or, or, you know, because of course this, this game recap is brought to you by our friends at Betway because they are the one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront. With a large selection of betting options and and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds, what are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. You must be 19 years or older to play. Ezzy, always play responsibly. So, as Ez just said, so the Jets now find themselves. I mean, remember, there's an opportunity there, right? Just seven minutes into the game, just a little bit more, whatever. And 
it's it's been a nothing game. You know, you're being outshot. I think it was four nothing or something like that. And then all of a sudden, as you just said, as Bo Horvat scores on a goal, really David Ridge needs to stop, and you found yourself down. But the problem is, you know, teams do this all the time. You know, the moose, and again, I'm not, I don't want to make too much moose reference, but like the fact of the matter is the moose, I was talking about it with Nolan Baumgartner, the assistant coach, because he talked about how they had addressed the fact that they were giving up the first goal in games. They were still winning, but they were giving up the first goal and how they need to, they were still reacting the right way. And that's the one thing with this moose club that I've seen that I don't see with the Jets is that when they give up a goal, like sure, it sucks to give up a shorthanded goal that really your goaltender should have saved, but where is the pushback? Like you have these, all these guys who want you to believe that they're elite, Kyle Connor, elite, you know, in, 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 in a lot of ways, not, I'm not talking about defensively, but offensively, all these, a lot of these guys, Mark Shifley, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Nikolai Ehlers, all of these guys can score. And it's not about like, again, hockey's less than basketball and that it's more of a team game. So one guy can't really necessarily, except if your name's Connor McDavid, put the team on your back, but like nobody rose to the occasion. Right, because it wasn't as if somehow they scored. You got punched. You know, okay, bad goal by the goaltender, but you're gonna you're you're gonna come in waves. You didn't do that. Instead, what ended up happening was the Islanders were the team that came out in waves. The Islanders were the team that continued to push. You know, towards your net. And again, you in that first twenty minutes being outshot twelve to one, twelve to one in a game that your coach. I mean, nobody's forcing Rick Bonus to tell to tell the media, hey, these are must win games. You got to tell the media this is a must win game. I mean, you're the one who's putting the pressure on your team, and that's a coaching tactic I would m- make the assumption as, but you're the one who's putting the pressure on your team. Hey, these, this is a game we have to win. Okay, but it's not about, and again, you don't always have to win a game. Sometimes it's just to win a period, and they didn't win that first period, which was probably after getting embarrassed by Colorado and really disappointing the fan base who are sitting there, and as you said, booing, not necessarily Connor Hellebuck, but booing when he made the save and booing the team, you know, you had an opportunity to kind of, again, what do we always talk about as changing the narrative? And instead you don't flip the script and you have it. What I, I, and again, don't get me wrong. The Islanders are a desperate team. The Islanders are in a, in a dog fight right now for the playoffs. So they are, are desperate. They're, you know what they played like as for the first period, at least a team that is desperate to, to make and get two points. Well, and the Islanders have been the team that's been chasing a playoff spot for them. Like they're in a playoff spot now, but for the most part, they've been chasing a playoff spot, right? So they've been playing desperate hockey for a few months now. And, you know, just going back to this goal here, I finally got my computer back and running. So I might be able to, you know, switch through the the old school way, Dave. But, you know, just watching this again, like, you know, you've got Shifley out there. You've got Connor out there. You know, three guys low. And then, you know, again, Bo Horvat picks up the puck. And it's it's a one-on-two situation. And again, like, top of the circle shot, not even at the top of the circle, three or four feet from the top of the circle. And we talked about Morrissey was the defenseman back. Like, nothing with, wrong with the way Morrissey played this, but like, again, too lackadaisical. Like there's just too much, there's too many things. There's a lot of issues going on with this team right now, aside from scoring goals. Like it's generating offense. Like, yes, the Islanders were making it difficult for the Jets in the neutral zone. And they are a very good shot suppressing team as john lou asked nikolai ehlers about during the second intermission ehlers obviously wasn't happy with the the question but no nobody should be happy on this team right now with the way that they're playing right like i agree with you dave putting up one shot in the first period in a game that you have to win on a sunday afternoon like people paid hard-earned money to watch this and it's unacceptable and the jets really have to dig deep here and they should have already dug deep, like going back to the Colorado game, 
but they're really going to have to find a way to to beat a good Kings team, by the way, um, and get this going on the right track. Because, again, the Jets are in danger of missing the playoffs. I'm not saying they are going to miss the playoffs. I'm just saying that when you're in a wild card spot, and yes, you know the Jets don't have to worry about too many teams. It's really Calgary is the one team that's going to surpass them because you know Nashville's out of it, St. Louis is out of it. You talked about you know Nito Niederreiter. You don't make that trade if you believe that you're still going to make yeah. the playoffs, right? So, yeah, I mean it's embarrassing. You only put up one shot, and David Riddick just has to make that save in a game in which your team is not playing very well. You just you got to make that save. Yeah, and that's and again, so the Jets find themselves down one nothing after 20 minutes. Crowd not happy. The only thing I will say is there's one positive, and I'm and again I was joking on Twitter saying that you if, if folks go back to the uh, Iraq War when the Iraqi Information Ministry used to come up, be like everything's great, everything's great. Meanwhile, everything's you know in flames behind him, but everything's fine. And I'd be like that he'd be the only person to be able to try and find positives in this in this hockey game. There was one positive that I that I think. Merritt's mention because I thought she was exceptional. The, the anthem, anthem singer. Yeah, she was. I don't. I, I didn't catch her name, but uh, whoever that young uh, young person was, young person. How old am I? I feel, I feel like a Mindell in his seventies. Definitely. Old. But but anyways, I will give. I want to give her credit because she was exceptional. She did a real good job. I think she was fourteen years old and singing both national anthems in front of you know over uh, close to fourteen thousand people. So uh, that was. Oh uh, uh, yeah, Reg Dunlop saying Baghdad Bob. Right, there we go. There we got the name, but. Um, the fact is that she did a great job. All the kids did a great job. I thought in the first intermission, actually, as we head to the second period, as the first intermission, got to give Josh Morrissey credit because nobody wants to do that walk-off interview, in you know, and talk and and credit Josh Morrissey because like, the man like just literally last game there was no walk-off. Yeah, interview. yeah, that's right. And and th- and this game, forty-four is the only guy who steps up. Uh, you know, that's why you put the C on his chest, as I've been saying for for a long time. But. But anyways, the point is he's the only guy who stepped up and, and did a good job, you know, uh, talking to, 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 and again, another next generation reporter. And so I thought that was a, a classy move by, by, by Josh Morrissey. But we're not here to, to give the Jets credit for the off-ice stuff. We're here to analyze the on-ice stuff. That's why we're doing the Betway game recap here, Ezzy. And getting into the second period, four minutes, 22 seconds in, shot from the point, Alexander Romanov, big blast. And you know what? What was curious about this as, and I, I, I don't know if the Jets are allowed to do this, but the Islanders did a good job. They had guys in front of the net. They had guys screening David Riddich, taking away his eyes. And it was amazing because just quickly before we get into the goal, it was interesting to me how when you watched um, the Islanders, they boxed out the Jets beautifully for the most part. They really did. They had three guys. They had a little triangle. They didn't allow anybody to get in front of Arlamov. Remember, it's not as if the Islanders uh, started Sorokin as, right? They started their backup as well. And and yet, they managed to protect the net in a way that I didn't think the Jets did. And as a result, Jets found themselves down two nothing, four twenty two into the second period. Yeah, and, and Varlamov. It wasn't too long ago that Varlamov was the number one goalie in, in Colorado, right? So right. Varlamov, he might be a backup, but he looked pretty good to me. And the yeah. Islanders. I mean, going back to the uh, Yarrow Halak days. I mean, they've always had uh, two really good goaltenders, right? I mean, this team has always been built from the net out, right? Like they always yeah. seem to have solid goaltending, right? So, yeah, the, you know, what stands out to me on this goal is that it's the Islanders' fourth line, Casey Sezikis, Matt Martin, uh, Hudson Fashing, yep. against the Jets' top line, or number two line, whatever you want to call the Shifley line, right? So, I mean, it starts in the, the Jets' zone if they're at the end of a shift. Um, and Casey Sezikis, he takes, I think it was Nate Schmidt. I've got it up here. So 
I think it was Nate Schmidt that he takes wide. Um, so he's chasing a little bit. And then he gets the point shot back to Romanov, who's obviously a physical defenseman. I thought he was really noticeable tonight. Um, and it's a point shot with traffic, right? And it's and it's one of those shots where, you know, it's a nicely placed shot. Um, but, you know, Riddick either just doesn't have a read on it or, you know, he's screened. But again, you know, it's a fourth line goal against the Jets' top line or one of the Jets' top two lines, right? So again, when you're looking for momentum and the Jets obviously, you know, didn't come out of that period, you know, the way that you would like them to come out of that period, um, you know, so again, it's just, you know, at that point you got the feeling that the Jets weren't going to, you know, get back into this game again, Dave, like, you know, earlier in the season, the Jets go down a goal, two goals, three goals. You got the, the feeling that they could come back, right? And that's just not the case right now. They seem to be very fragile. So, yeah, on that goal, you know, Sezikis makes a nice play and, and it's a nice shot from Romanov, but it's probably another shot that Riddick would like to have back. It was it was a savable shot. Yeah, and again, you know, you have the you have the, the, the screen in front and, and I, one thing the Jets... I, consistently don't seem to be doing well there's a few things the jets aren't consistently doing as including hitting the net with their own shots but it's it's just another one it's kind of a backbreaker right it kind of felt like okay if the jets had any chance well that kind of killed killed it really and it's crazy to think that with the with the team that they have the firepower that they have the way the jets are playing right now and other teams are tightening up now look we had um, Jeff O'Neill, who, of course, is a longtime NHLer, you know, score, as you said, yeah, he's a 40 goal scorer. And what it was one of the things he talked about? He said, better that now it feels like we talked to Jeff O'Neill like eight weeks ago, but it was only like, you know, eight, eight days ago or, or seven, it was eight days ago, I guess, as. But yeah. the fact is, he said that the time that you want to be slumping, you're in a slump, if you want to test your metal, is right now. Now is the better time of the year to kind of let your team work out their kinks. But the Jets are now getting a little bit past that quote. Let's work out our kinks. And well, they've and, been struggling since December. That's right. right? Like they've been a 500 team uh, for close to 30 games now. Yeah. Well, right? I mean, we again, but they've lost 10 of their last 16. Like this is not just a little mini slump. No, 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 absolutely not. I mean, again, this this is a team that is, you know, is is gonna backdoor their way into the playoffs as opposed to the 17-18 team, right? And that's what right. we talked about a lot is that this is there's a lot of 18-19 here as opposed to 17-18. And you know, again, 17-18 was was a year Jets fans will will long celebrate, but but 18-19 not so much. So look, I mean you're you're and you made the point earlier in the show and I thought it was a good one because I thought I was thinking of it too. Approaching the midpoint of this game again. Let's go back and use this cliche word because it's not our word. But mu- uh, in the middle of a must-win game, you had a total of four shots at the thirty. Appro- approximately, they they had a little flurry as where they went from like four to six or seven. But the but the reality was they'd only had three shots. Again, the pushback, the idea that you're going to push back, you're going to take over control of this game. But wait a second, you're not. What ends up happening is it's the Islanders who are continuing to push. It's not the Jets. It's not, you know, and again, if you look at the analytics, the Jets were the quote, they had the possession of the puck more often in the second and third periods than the Islanders did. But the Islanders also went into a bit of a shell and were defending, right? And they weren't going to take, you know, a significant risk, but they got, they were, let's use that word that Drew likes to use. They were opportunistic. And speaking of opportunistic, that's exactly how you could describe Brock Nelson on the third goal. Again, one, I think that um, David Rich would like to have back. Because he's, you know, crossing, crossing, you know, the, in the jet zone, fires it on net, 
and suddenly now the Jets find themselves down three nothing. And a three nothing as you know, I think I think my tweet exact. I think my tweet from the illegal curve account was, and there go the, or here come the pretzels, because you knew that at that point it was over. I'm gonna sign into my computer here, Dave. So once I once you let me in, I'll log off. On my okay. Here, so this should work. Is now I'm dealing with a couple problems. Now I only got 10% battery on my <laughs> phone. So hold on, let's. Uh, I'm gonna add. Uh, hold on, enter. Yeah, and then. Okay, uh, hold on. That's good. But now make sure you mute mute this one, Ezzy. Because if you don't, we're going to hear it. We're going to pick it up. Hold on. We're adding Ezra Ginsburg. It's no longer a solo Dave Manuk experience. We got Ezzy back sounding great and ready to discuss awesome. the third Islanders goal. That was the, I won't say the backbreaker because it felt like the uh, the second one was the backbreaker or maybe the first one was the backbreaker. But the third one you knew, Ezzy, at that point it was done. Yeah, I would say that the third one was the backbreaker, even though we kind of talked about it, right? The Romanov goal. Um kind of, you know, put this game out of reach a little bit, the way the Islanders play defensively. So, yeah, this this goal, again, we kind of debated it, um, you know, before we got into the recap. Um, I think it's tough, Dave, when, when you have a goaltender who's going left to right, and then yeah. you have Nelson coming across, right? So it, it's, to me, it's a skilled goal. Like, that's a goal scorer's goal. Like 100%. Nelson, Nelson 100%. Knows Marchand, as he, Brad Marchand scored it last night uh, against the Canucks. I happened exactly. to be watching a bit of that game. It's a beautiful, you're right. It's, it's absolutely, it's a skilled goal. I'm just thinking that, you know, Riddich, you know, I agree. It is a skill goal, though, for sure. It's a, You can have a skilled goal, but also have a, a situation where a goalie has to stop it, right? Like, yeah. I mean, look at how many saves Connor Hellebuck made against the Rangers that you probably would say that he shouldn't have made, right? So, you know, again, Brock Nelson makes a really nice play, pokes it away from, from Brendan Dillon. And what I like here, and this is an opportunity for me to talk about Zach Parisi again, because yeah. as you know, Dave, Zach Parisi is one of my favorite players of all time. Um, a chip off of the old block of his dad, JP Parise, um, who I believe also played for Islander, Islanders, if I'm not mistaken. I know he played for the, the North Stars. Maybe somebody in the chat can uh, can help me out. JP Parise, for everybody who you know didn't watch the 72 Summit Series, he's the guy who famously went up to the referee and fake swung his uh, his stick at the referee. So I, I, I grew up uh, loving JP. Anyways, Zach Parise is one of my favorite players. But four he's years for the Islanders. Pardon me? Three or four years for the Islanders. There you go. And North Stars too. Yeah, just trying to help you out. Yeah, did he play yeah, he played most Stars of his career well? for yeah, the okay. North Stars. I thought I thought it was those those two. I want to I want to say like eight years for the North Stars. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like this is a nice play because he sacrifices. It's Neil Pionk. Sorry, Dylan and Pionk is obviously the Jets D pair, and you know Pionk goes in, and I remember seeing that. I was like, oh, nice Pionk stepping up with a nice hit there, and so Parise sacrifices for for Brock Nelson there, and obviously you know we just kind of mentioned it. You know Brock Nelson. It's Brendan Dillon who's defending against Nelson, and and Dillon's a good def defender, but he he kind of cuts in, and it's like a toe drag into the center of the ice, and just a really nice shot blocker side. So again, like I don't know what to say here. Like you know, it you could say that you know you know it wasn't the best def defending from Dillon, but Brock Nelson's a world class player. He was an all star, right? He we talked about it. he won the accuracy, uh, you know, shooting contest, and he's not a guy that you know. You'll, you'll see in a lot of commercials and he's not talked about as one of the top 10 players. I'll take Brock Nelson on my team. Look at his stats over his career. He's Mr. Consistent, right? Like he always has, seems to always have, you know, 50 points or something like that, right? So it's a nice shot, but again, it's the killer. And in a game in which the Jets just weren't generating a lot of offense, you didn't get the feeling that, you know, the Jets were going to come back from that. No, I think you're absolutely right, Ezzy. And I think that's, again, I think it's, it's a backbreaker because the fans know, right? It's not like, again, you know, for all people want to say about Winnipeg, you know, the, this is an educated fan base, generally speaking, especially the Leo Curve audience. 
Thank you, by the way, for our, everybody for joining us. This is the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. I'm your host, Dave Manuk. I'm in the host chair, I should say. I'm not your host, but I'm in the host chair. Dave Manuk. That's Ezzy Ginsberg. We're discussing the Jets' 4 nothing loss. I hope I didn't ruin it while I'm doing the Betway Game Recap here. So we're only at the 3 nothing point. But discussing the 4 nothing loss by the Jets to the Islanders. So we want to thank everyone for spending your, your Sunday evening, Ezzy, 5.40. So your Sunday evening with us. Even if you're I'll upset with the that. Jets. I'll accept that. 5.30 is the beginning yeah, of the evening. Yeah. Sure. So if you're upset with the Jets. But look, Ezzy and I generally don't do post-game shows where the sunlight is still streaming into yeah. the house. That's Days a very unusual. Longer. March is little, coming. A little, little bit unusual. But anywho, let's just uh, let's thank everyone for joining us, spending your Sunday with us. And remember, smash that like button, folks. Like us on Facebook. If you, I've sent I've sent so many likes to people like me. I just want to be liked. So please just go on our Facebook, Illegal Curve, give us a like, and then share that content. That helps the way, a little site called IllegalCurve.com with all the latest Jets, Moose, Ice News. Someone in the chat I saw tweeted, uh, tweeted messaged us saying that the Ice were up 2-1, going for their 10th straight win. So the Ice, they're doing well, as the WHL team of Winnipeg. The AHL team of Winnipeg, the Manitoba Moose, they have points in nine straight they're one point back of second place right now of the Milwaukee Admirals. The team and only just swept. three points back of first, right? And only three points back of first, I believe, when they were playing the Texas Stars, although I think Texas was in action. So I didn't check to see the latest because, of course, there's only so much we can do. And apparently Brass Bonanza is saying there's a big curling game up tonight. I'm not up to date with what's going on with the curling. Carrie Anderson versus Jennifer Jones, I believe. Yeah, but unfortunately, I was kicked out of the West St. Paul Curling Club because I dropped a rock on the ice my first time ever going when I was back in my Garden City Collegiate days. And uh, I never stepped foot on a, on a curling rink ever again as a result of that uh, as a result of that incident. So anyway, so thank you. Well, again. That, that discourage you, Dave. You can always you know get back into mm, it. I was, I was happy to be discouraged. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't super. I wasn't super dedicated to uh, to curling. Anywho, we'll leave the curling coverage to Teddy Wyman. That's true. My uncle is a very good curler. Always does well in the in the in the physicians bond bond spiel out in Edmonton. Nice. So shout out to my bon uncle spiel. and also like shout out to my sister who's celebrating a birthday. So celebrate happy birthday to my sister Rachel. Absolutely. And, happy uh, birthday, Rachel. We're the same yeah. age. You are. You are. Yeah. So anyways, so Rachel. What's that? We don't mention her. Jazzy, Jazzy, Jazzy. Ooh, easy, easy, Tiger. Come on. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, we are what we are. I mean, well, don't be afraid I mean, of your age. You got to embrace it, man. 40 well, I mean, new 30, Dave. Of course. I mean, with, you know, the two of us, young bucks, doing a show with a guy in his yep. 70s like Drew Mandel. I mean, exactly. it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's, we, you know, it's, we do a service, but it's, it also helps us with our, with our, uh, with our tax benefits. You know, we could write to the office. Drew was alive for the 1919 general strike. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back into the uh, Betway game recap. As he, although there's not much to get into, the Jets tried. They tried hard, but not hard enough to really get much done in that third period. And the only goal scoring came from Adam Pellich, who scored into the empty net He's with a great uh, defenseman with two oh one. Look at that group of defensemen: sure. Ryan Polak. We talked about Alex Romanov, but Ryan Polak, Adam Pellich, Noah Dobson. Like it's a good. It's like the. I, Look, I don't think the if the Islanders end up playing the Bruins in the first round, yeah, I, I think we're all going to pick the Bruins, except if you're maybe an Islanders fan or you like to pick the upsets. Yeah, I think the Islanders will give them for a run for their money. But now that Linus Olmark is scoring goals, just kidding. But um, <laughs> look at, I mean, they're they're a good team. Like that's a good group of defensemen, right? And you know they've they've now got Bo Horvat, Matt Barzell. We don't know exactly when he's going to be back. It's not going to be for at least a couple of weeks. Um, 
But, you know, you don't have Barzell. You don't have J.G. Pajot. We talked about it. Those are two of your top three centers. Exactly. And you've just beat the Jets twice. So just wait till they get Barzell and, and Pajot back. I think they're going to be, you know, a, a difficult team. They're not going to be an easy out in the first round if they make the playoffs, by the way. It's not a guarantee they make the playoffs. Right. But, uh, you know, I just give them credit because it's a it's a good team. They're good goaltending, good defense, and they play hard. They work their asses off. You know, Sezekis, Martin, those guys, Clutterbuck's out of the lineup right now. He's the usual guy on the fourth line. It's your but favorite guys, fourth line in hockey. Well, it's is it not one of the best fourth lines? Like, look at what they did tonight. Sezekis, um, he got the assist on the uh, the Romanov yeah. goal. Yeah. Um, they had an impact. Like, they they usually do. They they work hard. They put their work and boots they're on. They're good players. They're good fourth line guys. Yeah. Hudson and Fashion I, is the guy that's on that line now. Yeah, and, and I think I think you're right, Ezzy. I think that's the whole point is that they add they – add, they're not just there to grind it up. You know, they can contribute in, in, a, in, a, in a variety of different ways, and they've been doing it consistently for years. And that's, again, something that the Jets don't have because they don't have the depth. So right the now, the reason why it's called the identity line, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, you, you know, the Jets, as we just discussed, now end up on uh, the wrong side of a 4 nothing loss to the New York Islanders. And as you've said now, the home, home stand, 6 of 8. And we talked about how good the Jets have been you know, here in Winnipeg throughout the course of the season. But now you play, you've got six of your, well, you had coming into it, six of seven, sorry, at home. You've lost the first two. And now the next must win game, as he against the LA Kings on Tuesday. So, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a great situation for Winnipeg. It's not a great situation for the fans. Fan bases are disappointed. And, you know, look, the the trade deadline and, and all the stuff that's happening is, is, is some reason to get excited you know, and folks are still, you know, animated and there's still a lot of action. Illegalcurve.com is buzzing. I have to thank everyone for, for you know, coming every day and reading the website. I appreciate that support. Uh, make sure you support our sponsors while you're down there. We always appreciate that. That but, trade couldn't have, Chevy couldn't have, you know, finalized that, finalized that trade a few hours earlier, right? Eh? Well, did that tra- when did that trade happen? Around like three in the afternoon? I uh, It was the second period of the Moose game. And I was just like, I'm all of a sudden, like me and Connor are just sitting there and just like, looking at each other in the press box. I'm like, uh, I'm like, better get on it. And then, Kyle Connor. No, no, I can't, I can't pronounce Connor's last name. I should have asked him how you pronounce his last name, but uh, I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it. So I'm going to, I'll ask him the next Moose game, which is uh, this coming Friday. And then maybe I'll be able to pronounce it properly. Connor from the hockey writers, right? Connor from the hockey writers. That's right. Harab, so Harabchak? Harab, Harab, Connor Harabchak. You don't have yes. to mute yourself there, Dave. Well, I was going to I was going to respond to your to your message and say yes if you'd like to go. <laughs> Maybe Connor is watching or he'll send us a message how to pronounce his name, but I think it's yeah. safe to say it's Rabjack. Yeah, that seems about right. Right? It does. It does. So that's that's you know when the it would have been fun to to have that happen, but you know what, Ezzy, we can't complain. We had Patrick Line traded during the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Oh yeah, you know so Chevy many, loves making moves on Saturdays. Yeah, so we we don't we don't complain when about no. that because we had the biggest trade uh, in Jets 2.0 history happened on our watch and we were live on air so that was 20 minutes uh, after sarah's hair appointment that's right that's right exactly so we had we had a lot of fun with that it was a lot of uh a lot of excitement dregs popped on dregs is like i gotta go on the illegal curve hockey show right now yeah he goes here's an here's an opportunity with my boys yeah yeah and then he's like how did you get this number when we called him it was very unusual actually (laughs) anyways we will head to a break as soon as i pull up the the post-game show commercials, no outtakes, although folks could use a laugh after the Jets lost 4 nothing. You are listening to the Illegal Curve post-game show. We will be heading to commercial break, and then after we'll have more to talk about, some uplifting things, maybe the trade deadline, the trade the Jets made yesterday, 
the Moose win, comeback win yesterday. Mike Malott's big fight in UFC. Lots to talk about. Stay tuned for these messages from our fine sponsors. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. (laughs) There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, All the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, 
live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve postgame show. I am in the host chair, Dave Manuk. He is my main man, Ezzy Ginsberg, and we're discussing what well, we were discussing, Ezzy, the 4 nothing loss by the Jets to the New York Islanders, a loss that has dropped the Jets out of second spot in the Central Division into the first wild card spot. And we'll, of course, have folks watching the Seattle Kraken who are playing the Toronto Maple Leafs at home tonight because if Seattle wins tonight, they'll pop the Jets into the um, second wild card spot, which is obviously Ezzy. Not a place they want to be. Just before we get going on some other things, as uh, some comments from Rick Bonus after the game. Uh, what did he say? He said, didn't seem courtesy of our friend Scott Billick. Said Rick Bonus didn't seem confident with some of the answers he was giving to reporters after the game. Almost as if he was shying away from being too critical now. That says something. From, that's from Scotty Billick. There was something about uh, Connor Hellebuck. Uh, about being booed, but no. Hold on. Never mind. Never mind. Anyways, the point is, as you know, the the conversation coming out of Jetsland, as as former Jets coach Claude Noel used to say, as he, there's not a lot of joy in Joyland, and uh, that I think seems appropriate for uh, how things are going right now with the Winnipeg Jets. I would agree and, with that. Yeah, yeah, and so I think they're going to have to uh, you know talk about uh, you know anything else. But right now, of course, our attention turns to the trades and what's happening. Cause we are, we are what five days away from the trade deadline. And of course there's a big trade today, the New Jersey devils long rumored to be the, your New Jersey devils, Ezra long rumored to be the front runners for Timo Meyer. were in fact the winners of the Timo Meyer sweepstakes. Apparently the Carolina hurricanes were told last night that they were out by the San Jose sharks and it was down to Vegas and, uh, and New Jersey. So New Jersey took him end up winning the sweepstakes. I don't, I, all I saw so far was that it was, um, what was, did you hear what the trade, the full trade was? Well, I was honestly thinking Dawson Mercer might be a part of it. He's, uh, the pride of Newfoundland 2020 first rounder. He's having a great season, 18, 19 goals. Yeah. So I thought it, Dawson Mercer might be involved, but honestly, Dave, I, I haven't seen, I saw Pierre Lebrun's tweet and I haven't seen the return yet. Well, no, and I don't think anybody has. All I heard, all I heard was that there was a little bit of retention for uh, for the Sharks on the salary. Obviously, the Devils probably want to do a little no extension get, apparently, and no extension in place. Right? That's true. Yeah, so maybe not Mercer because I know Devils fans were losing their mind at the thought of losing him. But He's anyways, good. let's 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 you know focus on the Jets because of course the Jets focused show and the Jets did make a trade. Nino Niederreiter came through. Elliot Friedman broke that news yesterday afternoon. And it was ironic that I'm sitting there in Canada life watching the Moose and Admirals play because, of course, the trade was done between Winnipeg and Nashville. Their two farm clubs were playing. So as the second period ended and the third period, or second period ended, you're thinking, is there is there going to be a piece? Is someone going to come off of the roster, as he and, and, you know, people are joking. Are they going to switch, take the jersey, the Moose jersey off and put on an Admirals jersey? We know that's obviously not possible. But, you know, there was some thought that maybe a player off the Moose could end up going to to you know flying home with Milwaukee but of course we find out the return was just a second round pick which seems like an excellent uh you know um thing for Kevin Dayoff and his group to only give up a second for uh, a talented player like Nino Nita Rider so you know what were your thoughts when you heard the news about this big trade for Winnipeg well first off when I heard it I was thinking I wish that trade would have been made as I mentioned earlier when we were on air from you know 9 a.m to 1105 uh but I love the player Right. Like if you actually go back 
Um, I don't know if you remember this or people watching. If you go back to the summer, he was one of the guys that I was hoping the Jets would sign, Nino Niederreiter. The other guy was Mason Marchment, as you know, Dave. Marchment, uh, obviously, you know, it's terrible news with his dad, but his dad was an excellent defenseman for the Jets and, and other teams. And Mason Marchment, his, his son, is now a really good player. So Marchment and Niederreiter were two guys that I had circled that I was hoping the Jets could acquire. And it turns out that, you know, Chevy is a guy that, you know, probably wanted to sign Niederreiter in the offseason. Let's get let's get into the return first. I think the return is amazing. Um, not a roster player, only a second round pick, and it's a 2024 second round pick, which obviously isn't going to be as deep of a draft as this year's draft. Um, so I, I think you know David Poyle you know, didn't get enough in return for his asset, right? Considering that Niederreiter's got one year left at a very manageable four million dollars a year. So I, I love what Chevy gave up because I don't think it was that much for a guy who you know can score 20 plus goals, right? He's done that five or six times. So Love the acquisition because he makes your top six better. We all know the Jets are struggling to score goals. Niederreiter scores goals. He's an efficient player. He's a shooter. Um, you know, doesn't like to pass. He likes to play with guys that set him up. So I'm not sure if Niederreiter is going to play on the Pierre-Luc Dubois line, Dave, or if he's going to end up playing on the Shifley line. That's obviously for Rick Bonus and and Scott Arneal to figure out, right? And you know the rest of the coaching staff. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really good move. And you know, I think you know a lot of Jets fans saw that move. And, you know, they were pretty happy with it, pleasantly surprised. As we talked about on yesterday morning show, I personally didn't think that Timo Meyer was realistic for the Jets just because the Devils and the Hurricanes, as Pierre Lebrun confirmed, were the front runners, right? So, you know, Niederreiter, he's kind of Timo Meyer light, if you think about it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. He, he, he does, he, he's not as dominant as Timo Meyer, but, you know, Niederreiter is a big boy, you know, and he can, he, he can play. He can shoot the puck, um, good skater. You know, he's an agitating type of player. And I like that as well, because I think, you know, the, the Jets don't have enough of those guys, you know, that can agitate. Like Pierre-Luc Dubois is a guy that can agitate, um, you know, Adam Lowry, you know, Axel Janssen, Fialbi, Stenlin. Like they have a few guys, but not with the the goal scoring pedigree. The fourth line guys I'm talking about don't have yeah. the goal scoring pedigree as as Nito Niederreiter. So it's a good move. And especially considering you don't have to give up not only a roster player, but, you know, a prospect. So I, I think this is a really good move for the Jets. And I do expect Chevy to make more moves. I think, you know, at least one more forward is probably coming over to Winnipeg. And, and I imagine Chevy is trying to acquire a top four defenseman, probably on the right side. Yeah. And he's look, his 18 goals puts him fourth on the Jets in terms of goal scoring right now. So, I mean, and that's something we've, we've said that the Jets need to do. Speaking of goal scoring as current goalless streaks right now for the Winnipeg Jets, Adam Lowry, 32, Saku Manaline and 20. Morgan Barron, 17. Kevin Stenland, 11. Carson Kuhlman, who, of course, didn't play, 10. I mean, you've got no his goals. Last goal, his last goal was a game winner. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... The ones like, that concern me there, Dave, are, are Lowry and Barron. Well, for sure. Right? Like, Saku Manalainen, Kevin Stenland, these are guys that, you know, were over in Europe. They were signed, found money, right? Like, the, less than a million dollars a year each for those guys. Yeah. You expected you know, one of those guys to start in the AHL and Stenland did start in the AHL and Stenland's right. a good guy can play center or wing, a good face-off guy. Um, and, you know, Sakuman line. And I, I, I just think, you know, aside from penalty killing, he just doesn't do enough. So I, I think, you know, if the Jets do acquire another forward for their third or fourth line, yeah. Sakuman line is probably one of the guys that I expect to be the odd man out right. um, along with Carson Kuhlman. But that's why the Jets need to acquire another forward just because, you know, we're not talking about a five-game goal goal scoring, you know, slump here. We're talking about 15, 20, 25 games here yeah. in in the bottom six for some of these guys, right? 
So all due respect to Saku Manalainen, I think, you know, he's he's been a nice story coming back to the NHL from, from Europe, but I just don't, he's not getting the job done. Well, and getting back to this trade, as he, I think one of the critical pieces that, you know, I, I was, when you, whenever you're reading the analysis and there's a lot of analysis and coincidentally, there's a little website called illegalcurve.com with hatch has links to all of the reactions to this trade for the Winnipeg Jets and how it impacts them. Interesting news out of Nashville. Speaking of Nashville, quickly touch on the fact that David Poyle, the only general manager that franchise is known for what, 25 years now, as he, the only general manager. I think 1998 was when they came into the league. Yeah, so 25 years, right? And so you've got a situation where David Poyle is going to retire at the end of this season, go out, uh, you know, on top, you know, uh, I should say go out on his own terms. Sorry, that's probably a better way of saying it. And he'll be replaced by Dauphin Manitoba's Barry Trotz. So Barry Trotz, who's been kind of advising uh, David Poyle and the Nashville Predators, I think, has a home in Nashville. He's going to stick around and, you know, be a part of that franchise. Not a big, huge surprise given his ties, his long, long ties as the head coach of that club. But he'll be there, and David Poyle will stay on as a consultant, which means he'll receive a paycheck. Who knows exactly what he'll do after the fact, but I'm sure he'll be there to help Barry Trotz in anything he he needs. But sorry, getting some clarity, though, on why Barry Trotz decided. I mean, it could be, you know, other reasons as well. But yeah. kind of provide some clarity on, you know, why Barry Trotz ultimately decided not to be the head coach of the Jets. Because we yes. know that Chevy and, and Mark Chipman, like, they were ready to give, you know, Barry Trotz, you know, whatever money he was going to get, right? Which was going to be several million dollars. So yep. this makes a little bit of sense because you have to think that, you know, this decision for David Poyle to step back as general manager, they didn't just come up with this a week ago. Right. Oh, no. Right? For like sure. this, is some, this is something they've been talking about for months, you know, if not a year or two, right? So yeah, um, unfortunate that it means that, you know, Barry Trotz isn't going to be the, the head coach of the Jets at some point. But luckily, you know, Rick Bonus is here for the foreseeable future, right? So yeah. uh, it's hard to believe, though, though, Dave, that this news uh, wasn't bigger, you know, around here just because of, you know, the trade and, you know, how poorly the Jets have been playing and, you know, Timo Meyer signing with, pardon me, being traded to New Jersey, right? Like, yeah. this is a huge, huge bomb coming out of uh, uh, Nashville. So, yeah, I mean, a little bit surprising, but... Uh, I think more surprising considering that he just made a trade with Chevy, right? <laughs> like he just yeah, traded, yeah, I know. He just traded Nito Niederreiter for a second round pick. So yeah, um, you can make it all, all the jokes you want, but Poyle, I mean, when you talk about the greatest GMs of the last, uh, you know, would we say 25 to 30 years, Poyle is right up there. He's always had this team in the playoffs. Um, you know, they won the president's trophy that year that the Jets beat them in the second round and, and Poyle's a class act. We had him on yeah. a couple of times uh, in the TSN 1290 days. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, he's a, he's a class act and, and a guy that, you know, has done such a good job with that Nashville team uh, since they came into the league. Well, he did the Jets a solid by only requiring a second rounder in 2024. Of course, the Jets didn't have their 2023 second rounder that was sent to, I believe, Washington as part of the Brendan Dillon trade. So the Jets, uh, again, don't give up any players from the Jets, from the Moose. They only are a prospect. They only have to give up a, a you know, a futures prospect but not one that's currently in the organization. And as you know, one of the things that Nino Ninorider does, and that's what I was going to get to before I segued myself to talking about Barry Trotz and David Poyle, but I thought, what is one of the things he does? He shoots. Drives the net as well. Drives the yeah. nets and shoots. And it's what is one of the things the Jets are absolutely desperate to have right now? And look, look, I understand people are saying one player isn't going to fix the Jets. Fine, I, I can. I, I would agree help, with you. That that's the thing. It, it'll help. But it will it'll, it'll it'll, improve their top six, especially with Perfetti out of the lineup. 
That's right. And he'll what he'll do is he's big, he's an agitator, and he will shoot. And and it's funny because like I, I don't remember who did it. I was looking for it uh earlier today, but someone was like, likes, you know, uh shooting, dislikes, passing, or something like that. And I thought to myself, well, he's perfect for this team because everybody on this team wants to pass. But he is really he really is a a pure shooter, right? Like uh in contrast to you know, guys that we talk about a lot here in Winnipeg, Kyle Connor, Nick Ehlers, like not like that type of player. He is a guy that likes to shoot first. Not mm-hmm. to say that he never passes. That's not what we're saying here. But no, of course, you no. Know, he he is a pure sniper for sure. And 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 again, just to think about what that can bring that to the mix, right? And the Jets need goal scoring. So I mean, it's I do. I think this is the only move that Kevin Chevaldeoff and his group are making. No, but I mean, you have to give them credit when they do. I mean, we can we can um, pillory them. When they when they don't do something, or if we disagree with the decision that they make, but at the same time, when they when they, I mean, this was a bit of an off the board. I mean, unless Kevin Chevaldeoff happened to be listening to you in uh, the summer, Ezzy, and that's why he went with the way he went. But the fact is that Nino Niederreiter wasn't someone that were was on the trade list. Was it? It's very Paul Stasny esque in terms of yep. the acquisition because it was uh, like an off the board. I, again, I I read this stuff every day. He's going to have the same impact as Stafford. I'm not suggesting he will. I'm not suggesting he will. Although, I mean, again, and the other thing that the Jets like about him for sure is the fact that he comes with term, right? He comes with one more year. And the truth is, if this all goes south, at the end of the day, you're going to tell me next year you can't trade him for an asset back. If you don't, if this doesn't work out for the Winnipeg Jets next season, then you can always trade him. Right. There's no, I think he's a guy that you're going to want to keep around, but your point is just the other way. Actually, you can actually move him, but I think he's a guy, you know, that, that you'll want to keep and possibly sign, right. He's 30 years old, right? Like, so he's got a lot of good hockey left in him. This isn't a guy that's, you know, in the last year of his career or second last year of his career, but you're right, Dave. I mean, he is a guy that if next year you're out of the playoffs by March or whatever, Mm -hmm. you can always recoup a a second round pick. You could obviously recoup the second round pick by trading other players as well. Right. (laughs) But uh, no, I, I think, I mean, look at, I mean, don't take our word for it. I mean, you you look at the athletic, right? Uh, obviously, we're big fans of the athletic. Yep. Don Luchishan, uh, I think it was uh, Sean Sean Gentile. Yeah. Um, they both gave the Jets an A for that trade, right? right? So it's it's not just like we're not just you know here you know pumping tires, smoke, blow, pumping tires. I mean, this is this is widely considered across the league uh, a, a really positive move for the Jets and some good work by Chevy. Only have to, having to give up a 2024 second round pick to get a guy who he's going to score goals. That's what he does. And that's what the Jets need because as we've been detailing on this post-game show, on the post-game shows for the last little while, goals are not easy to come by, especially five-on-five goals, Ezzy. So it's one thing that the Jets are going to need. And look, do we think Kevin Sheville Dayoff is done? No, because I mean, remember, if Kevin Sheville Dayoff is done, generally what ends up happening is he speaks. You know, we have a little conversation with him and apparently he's not speaking until Friday uh, I think I, our friend Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press tweeted that out. So you don't anticipate that it's it's done here. And, and again, we've talked about it. Do the Jets need to shore up the right side of their D? Yeah, they do. The Jets need to add some more depth to this forward group. They absolutely do. They absolutely do. I mean, look, I you can't hear me read you that that list of guys who have gone without scoring a goal, starting with Adam Lowry. And I've I've long said I like Adam Lowry for his role, but he's a fourth line center on a really good team. He's a third line center on the Jets, but he doesn't produce enough offensively. And you can say he hasn't had consistent or stable line mates. And I would agree with that. Obviously going back, you'd have to go back all the way to the TLC line as he, before you could really think about when Adam Lowry had a consistent group around him. But the fact is a third line center has to produce. 
and you just when you do haven't scored in offensively, obviously, is what yeah, that's what, of course. Lowry, sure. Lowry's great defensively and and good on the penalty kill, but yeah, you're right, Dave, and it's and you and you documented it, right? You talked about Mamalainen's not scoring right now, Stenland's not scoring now, Baron Lowry. I mean, guys in the top six aren't scoring right now. It's not like Blake Wheeler is is exactly no. lighting the lamp on no, a regular absolutely. basis, right? So there, I mean, the Jets need an infusion of some more talent, and I think That's Chevy right. is going to give them that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he acquires two more forwards and a defenseman. Yeah. I really think that Chevy is going to make several more moves, not just one. Well, let us know in the chat what mo- kind of moves you think the Jets should be making. And the chat's fired up. We got uh, we got a we got a we, we got a nice little bounce back as when I tweeted out that we we're talking trades. We got a lot of people back in the in the conversation, and that's what we always love here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show or the Illegal Curve Hockey Show is when folks join us. You guys are part of the conversation. Although I think I just saw some interesting breaking news, but the chat is flowing right now, as so I missed it. But I think Bailey just said the intern. Hopefully she had it. Bailey speaking of Bailey. Oh, and it was, yeah, it was Bailey saying, hold on, let's get it up there. Predators are scratching Tanner Janot for trade related reasons. As he, wow. Would, wouldn't he look good with the Winnipeg? Well, Jets, and that's uh, just, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're going to trade another guy to the Jets. Like, <laughs> I mean, we talked about Matthias Ekholm yesterday. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> I, I, hey, I would love to see Nashville, We need you to do me another solid. Can you give me one of your guys? Yeah. I mean, I, it could happen, I guess. Uh, like, so is Barry Trotz making these moves or is David Poyle making the, these moves? I'm not sure, but uh, Tanner Janot is a great player. Was he yeah. a, a runner-up for the Calder or even a finalist? I don't know, but he had a great rookie year last year. Yeah, he's, he's a guy very... that can you know drop the mitts and everything like that, right? So yeah, Janot would be great, but that's what I would expect. I would expect Chevy to, to go out and he's probably going to try to get two veteran guys that can play in your bottom six and preferably both guys that can chip in offensively and have some Stanley Cup exper- playoff experience. That's something we didn't mention. Niederreiter has, I think, 80 games uh, of playoff experience, mm-hmm. and that's huge, right? Like, you know, you have other guys on the Jets who have playoff experience, but, I mean, I, I like that fact about Nino Niederreiter. You know, with both the Wild and the, and the Predators, he's he's played uh, – pardon not the Predators. He hasn't played in the playoffs for the Predators. Uh, the Wild. So I, I like that about him as well. But yeah, I, Tanner Janot, uh, you know, we've gone over players like Nick Schmaltz is another guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if, you know, because they've acquired Nino Niederreiter, you know, Nick Schmaltz is, is out of it. But the Jets do have cap space right now, right, Dave? I'm not a, sure exactly how many millions, four million. I think four mil, around four million. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, the Jets do have cap space. Um, you know, James Van Riemsdyk's name is out there. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about some defensemen like, you know, it's hard to know right now if, you know, Jacob Chikrin is a guy that the Jets are in on or Vladislav Gavrikov. You know, there's some names out there. Luke Shen would be a guy. As he, Don Zappi is going with one of your guys that you've been suggesting for a while. Well, Brock Besser, but again, you know, like that would be a top six guy. So, you know, Nieder, Niederreiter, I don't know if, you know, Brock Besser is a right winger, right? So I don't know if, if Niederreiter. Well, you know, Blake Wheeler moving to the third line alongside Adam Lowry. Sure. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, think about think about that Wheeler feeding Lowry and Barron. Maybe now you have a little more a little more offense coming from your third line and your first and second. I mean, to me, that's a lot more balance, right? To give the Jets uh, like a top nine that can score, and that's what we've talked about for a long time for this Jets club. Is it can't be just those top two lines and the occasional goal from lines, uh, you know, two, three, and four because it's just not gonna it's not gonna be sufficient to get things done. And that's One why team- we think more moves are coming, right? And and they're not going to just be you know, Jay Harrison, Lee Stempniak, and all due respect <laughs> to those types of guys, right? Like, or Jordy yeah. Ben, like who, who, uh, I think could have had on waivers yesterday that, that year. 
yeah, so I mean, they're going to be significant moves. Again, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be Patrick Kane, and I don't think it's going to be Jacob Chikrin personally, but you never know. It, you know, maybe, you know, Chevy is going big game hunting, especially, you know, with another loss here. But we do expect several trades to happen, and the Jets need it. I mean, the Jets are in a big time slump, uh, and they, they need an infusion of goal scoring talent. Well, we will be on top of any and all trades that happen for the Winnipeg Jets on a little site called illegalcurve.com. And of course, if they happen live on an illegal curve post game show or during the illegal curve hockey show, well, that would be miraculous if they happened on the illegal curve hockey show, as because that'd be after the trade deadline. So you could make it, but the guy wouldn't be eligible to play in the playoffs. So I'm not sure why you would end up doing it, but you can technically still make trades after the trade deadline. The players are just ineligible to play in the playoffs. But you know, as we just finished. By the way, Matthew Thompson saying Harrison wasn't a trade deadline acquisition, but it was close to the trade deadline, was it not? Um, That was part. They got Jay Harrison as part of the Andrew Ladd trade. Did they not? When they traded. Wasn't wasn't that part of the close to the trade deadline or no? Maybe I'm wrong with that. I don't remember. I thought it was Honestly, like a week before the trade deadline. I'd have to look it but up. Regardless, all I was trying to say is that I think that Chevy's going to acquire someone better than a depth defenseman. Yeah, and and again, as you just said, as you were, you know, the Jets are in a mired in a in a losing streak. They're they're not they're not feeling good about their themselves. But there is one team in Manitoba, one pro team in Manitoba that feels great about themselves. They really do. You know why? Oh, Matthew Put on Thompson. your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Sorry, what did Matthew Thompson say? Oh, no, Matthew Thompson was just saying that it was in December when there were a lot of injuries for Jay Harrison. That was probably back in 2015 oh. or something like that, right? Oh, so okay. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, wrong. yeah, But I was just okay. trying to make a point. But yeah, Matthew Thompson is right. You're right. All right. Well, you appreciate that, Matthew Thompson. But now we're right, talking. You're right. When you're wrong, you're wrong. Good point by Big. See, Ezzy is always willing to accept responsibility for his for his words. And let's talk about well, when you make as many mistakes as I've made in my life, Dave. You have to be prepared to own them. That's fair. The Moose back in action yesterday, continuing their eight game homestand against their uh, big rivals, the Milwaukee Admirals, who they played seventeen times last year, twelve in the regular season, five in the playoffs, and they were up against Milwaukee, who they were chasing coming into that game, down three points. Both teams were on uh, win streaks going into the previous game when the Moose won. The Moose came out handily in that game, outshooting them at one point, 24 to four. It's kind of like today's Jets game, but in reverse, the only changes in the lineup were, uh, unfortunately for T. Kona Pauly, Tyrell Bauer, who the Jets prospect, 2020 sixth rounder, sixth rounder, seventh rounder, as I can't remember, but he, he was a, he had a goal in the previous game, but he was out in came the 2020 second rounder, Simon Lundmark and Oscar Salmonen had the net in place of Arvid Holm. Still no Alex Lamode, although I'm told he is a possibility the Moose leading scorer for next week's concluding Tyrell series. Tyrell Bauer was a sixth rounder. Yeah, sixth rounder. Okay. He is a possibility for the concluding set against the Chicago Wolves next weekend. The Moose got things started as with the um, military appreciation jerseys, which were paying homage the to the 100th right, anniversary. Dave, I saw your tweet. The Moose always nail those specialty oh. jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. And so hold on. I'll just, I don't want to butcher There's a hundredth anniversary of the HMCS Chippewa. And apparently Mark Morrison, the head coach of the Moose told the players the, a little bit of the history there, but the jerseys were incredible. This is real nice. We've got them on the illegal group Instagram. Go check it out. Give us a like over there and maybe give us a follow just to ensure that, you know, we got some, uh, some support for our good guy, Colby Spence, who was taking great pictures today. Not a lot of good pictures for Colby. I always feel bad in these kind of games for him, but he still manages to take some great pictures for us at these Jets games, even the ones where they lose. But ultimately, the Moose 
found themselves, again, similar to what we talked about with the Jets, down one nothing. But the difference with this team is that they tend not to break when they give up a goal. There's no there's no real sag to their game. Top line, Jansen Harkins gets the puck from Jeff Mallott, and he feathers a pass over to Dominic Tonnato to tie the game one all. That was Tonnato's 12th goal of the season. And, you know, just to quickly aside, as I, I love the people who say, you know, Jansen Harkins couldn't score, blah, blah, blah. Like, again, it's all opportunity, folks, right? If you gave a guy a consistent opportunity, and look at Mikey Esimont as an example, who, what he's doing in San Jose. I'm not saying he's dominating, but Mikey Esimont's contributing. Right. And that's, well, that's what why I said that yesterday. Right. Dave. Yeah. Sorry to cut yeah. off. This is your Manuk Boos minute, but no, no, it's, it's, it's I asked you Moose. yesterday. I said like, who else would be called up? Like I, I would assume Jansen Harkins and Jeff Malott would be at the top of that list because Alex Limoges is injured, but I think Alex Limoges might be a guy who's in consideration, but I, that's why I suggested it, Dave. So I agree with you about Jansen Harkins. Like give him, give him a shot back with the Jets. Well, the guy has produced. That's all he's continued to do, and he's playing every role. And again, like I said, I'm just saying that you don't have guys who are scoring. It's not like it's not like Kevin Stenland is doing something that you're like, well, he can't be taken out of the lineup. I mean, how many people in the chat, if you don't have orchestrate a trade, all I'm suggesting is sometimes Obviously, a like, swap. Is it face-offs because they have other guys that can kill penalties. That's my point. And Harkins can kill penalties. He's doing it in the AHL. So, I mean, I'm just saying you can get Jeff Mallott in there. You can do something to maybe change the mix up a little bit because it's stale. It's stagnant. And look, I... Did I not read you out a list of how long these guys have gone without scoring a goal? It's as stale as the bread in my cupboard right now. <laughs> my point is that these guys are producing at the AHL level. Even Tonnato is producing. Harkins is producing. Malott is getting going. Reichel is producing. He was on a hot streak. So you have guys, you have options. And you said it. What has anybody done? And, and the chat has definitely said it because I was I was reading the chat, but they've said it. A lot of these guys are like, well, what what are you what are you protecting? Like, is Carson Kuhlman or Sacramento line is their defensive ability so significant that you can't lose them? I don't think so. We talked to Garrett yesterday and we we learned that it's really not. So the reality is that the, I'm just saying if you're if you need a little jump and you don't have a trade orchestrated, you might want to give a guy who's feeling good. I mean, it's to be honest with you, it's like Axel Johnson Fialbi. I mean, you know, even when they called him up and then you're like, okay, are they gonna put him in? Because he was feeling good about his game, right? He had came down to the moose, had a lot of goals. Anyways, we'll go back to the game because I don't want to. I don't want to rag too much on that. But the moose up, tied the game one all, and then Evan Poli breaks his goal of streak. The uh, the water buffalo. He's he finished off a beautiful pass from Greg Morales to make it a two one game for the home team. Of course, as I said to you earlier in the show, as the air was sucked out of the building, or at least in the press box, because we're as soon as that second period hit and the Nino Nita Rider trade took place. That's when the focus became about that. But luckily for us, nothing really happened in the rest of the second period. Moose went into the intermission up 2-1. The Admirals, however, came out a little bit on fire, wanting to earn themselves a split with the Moose. So they took a, scored a power play goal in the Moose. Very top five power play, top five penalty kill. Again, isn't it funny how these teams that are supposed to be running the same systems, one team is doing exceptional, the other team, not as much. But anyways, that's a digression from me. Moose gave up a penalty, a power play goal, and then they give up an even strength goal. So now they're down 3-2. Had a couple of good chances. Jeff Mallott, who I mentioned. Dominic Tonnato, who I mentioned, both had chances too, to tie the game. Sure enough, Cole Meyer with about three minutes to go in the game. He rips home a shot, the uh, alternate captain for the Moose, and makes it a three-all game. as. And of course, the fans go nuts. And you're like, well, why are the fans going nuts? The fans went nuts because they tied the game, but I think they went nuts because they all want free pancakes. And who doesn't want to win free pancakes, which I asked Cole Meyer about after the game. Sure enough, three all. And then it goes to OT. 
and OT's a lot of fun. And uh, Jeff Malad, whose brother Mike was, like I said, fighting in UFC 70. I'm not a UFC, I'm not an MMA guy, but his bro- older brother Mike and a lot of the players were excited to watch because about his match was about 40 minutes after the game ended. So they were all like, let's get through this. Let's get Do through this. Do we know if he won? Yeah, he won. He did nice. win. Awesome. Yeah. So it was a big night for the Malat brothers. But, um, you know, Jeff came in, saw it, recognized the puck, grabbed it in the neutral zone, kind of had a partial break, fires a shot on Yaroslav Askarov, again, the Nashville goalie of the future, uh, right now obviously playing for the Admirals. He was excellent again, second straight game. He makes the initial save. And then Declan Chisholm, the 2018 fifth rounder, who is an exceptionally skating uh for, and I've talked about him ad nauseum. He puts home the, the goal to win the game on Bailey's birthday, right in front of Bailey. So awesome. Bailey had, and then Bailey got to go to the autograph alley after the game. She had her Winnipeg sports talk hat there with her. So she got that signed Tyrell Bauer. Speaking of that, T. Kona Pauly. Yesterday was, was Bailey's day. Like nobody Bailey's else's day. day. That was Bailey's day. She had a legal curve wishing her, wishing her and seeing her happy birthday. She yeah. went to the Moose game. She met the players. They, the Moose got a win for her in overtime. And then they signed her hat. So Bailey, had, and then I think Bailey, I saw in the chat, said something along the lines of she got to have some Smarties ice cream as well after dinner. Whoa. So, wow. Yeah, she went with the old Patrick line. Even better than the OT winner. Exactly. So, uh, so, and she apparently Declan Chisholm is her favorite player. So he ended up awesome. with the OT winner of beauty to make it a, um, a moose win. They improved to 29, 16, three and three on the season. It's a nine game point streak as seven, zero, one and one. Wow. They remain in third place. Talk about rolling, eh? Like, wow. I know. I'm telling you, like, it's, it's amazing when you go to the Moose games. It's such a different atmosphere from the Jets games. There's, there's, there's really this team is an interesting team to follow and cover. And again, all the coverage for the Moose on a little site called illegalcurve.com if you want to join me there. Or you can follow me on IC Dave. I, of course, tweet out all the moose stuff that's happening. So you can follow me there. Whoo, that was a long Manuk Moose Minute, Ezzy. Although, quickly, quickly, I will say, and tomorrow is the backyard rink. A lucky family in Winnipeg uh, will be uh, having some moose players skate there. Of course, we'll have that covered on our Instagram, on our social media. So stay tuned for that. And then the moose will get ready for their final uh, homestand against the Chicago Wolves. Tickets for that will be available. We'll give those away either Tuesday or during the Thursday show as. Um, and that's, that's your Manuk Moose Minute. Although I'm, we're going to have to change that name as he, cause it's going a little longer than minute uh, these days. Okay. Let's quickly get to the contest. Um, let's go for the contest. That's the illegal curve merch contest as we'll get to that. And then we'll get to the tough duck winner. Um, the winner of the illegal curve contest. That's the merch contest. You know how to enter the links are in the description below. They're always on the website, illegalcurve.com in the pregame reports in the morning papers when there's a game day. Um, just enter. There's lots of different ways you can enter. You can just put your name in one time and you can enter and try and win. That's my dad's philosophy. You don't need 10,000 tickets or you can go with Alan Lasko's uh, philosophy. Get as many entries as you can and hope you win. And Alan did. They say poker, right? All you need is a chip in a chair, a chip in a chair. Well, some people win with a chip in a chair. Some people win with a thousand chips and maybe just one chair. And that's how a number of our winners have won. When it comes comes to me, I don't ever win in poker. So you do like chips, as you do like chips. So you do. You're, yeah, a big, Lays, big, old Dutch. you're a big chip guy. Oh, and the winner of the Illegal Curve merch contest is, well, I don't know his actual name, but I know his nickname. His nickname is D-Train. Amazing. So, D- I knew you'd like that. So D-Train is the big winner. Congrats, D-Train. You'll be hearing from me uh, to uh, get you your merch. I am a little behind, although I'm getting caught up. Phyllis, of course, got her gear. Lisa, I don't know if she got her gear yet. 
couple other people got their gear this week. So don't worry. Although with, I was funny because I was telling every, as every, I was telling everyone, don't worry, folks, I'm going to get your gear this week. And then I'm like, oh man, it's trade deadline. There's no chance I'm going to be getting gear. So most likely I'll be getting some gear mailed out. But we'll most do what of you we can, right? We'll do what we can. Thank you, Ezzy. That's a good way of putting it. And uh, whatever we can't get done, we'll get it done the week after when life becomes a little bit normal and we can, I don't have to be sitting there looking at my phone every two seconds thinking what's happening, what's happening, what's happening. Let's get the website updated. Now to win the next illegal curve merch contest, you have to enter the, well, you don't have to, but a good chance to get some bonus to get 10 bonus points as he is by entering the new key, unique code word and the unique, unique code word for today's show as is El Nino. Because okay. you, I liked how you said that. And, you know, there's a lot of good jokes with uh, Nino Niederreiter's name. So I thought maybe a pro. Yeah, it's the Def Squad album. There you go. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different. Uh, I need your full uh, cooperation, your total attention. People who understand hip hop will get that. Who are the, there three, we go. Guys, who are the three guys in Def Squad, Dave? Oh. Um, I'll, give, I'll give you one. Red Man. Method Man, Red Man, and. No, 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 no not Method Man. He's in Wu-Tang. Oh, right. Oh, good point. Hmm. But you might be confused because Method Man and Red Man had an album together. Well, and also because I was tweeting, I was tweeting about how the movie, how high today when the uh, Islanders, yeah. by the way, as I just, I realized in our, in our post game recap, we didn't discuss the Islanders disallowed uh high sticking goal. So maybe we should, should we start the post game recap all over yeah. again? Yeah, let's start it again. Uh, obviously shout out to Matt Prefontaine. I'll just give them to you. Uh, Eric Sermon, Keith Murray, and Redman, Eric Sermon okay. was in EPMD. You know how I love my hip hop, so I you do. I'm, I think I, I still I, have that album, to be honest with you. I, I listened to Tupac a little bit, and and I did like Method Man and Redman, but I did more more of their movies than their music. I was more of a uh, more of a well, I'm an EDM guy now, but that was more more uh, more of the alternative. Back the big in the song day. on that album was Rapper's Delight because okay, oh, yeah, Rapper's, sure Rapper's Delight was a great. Yeah. Did Rapper's Delight right, yeah. and then and then uh, Def Squad redid it. So. And just to answer, Joe from Winnipeg said, I thought the unique code word generally had to do with the opponent. They generally do, but you know, when something significant happens, we go with we can we can we can mix it up here a little bit. And I thought maybe some folks, TH Power, oh, like hold on, I can bail you out here. Nino Niederreiter was drafted by the Islanders. That's true. Fifth overall in 2010. Spots, three spots before. Got it, Dave? No. Alexander Burmistrov. Oh, very well done. 2010 yes. draft. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Who was the last player? Okay, here's another little trivia, Ezzy. Who was the last player drafted by the Atlanta Thrashers in 2000 and was a lot 2010? So the their last round pick? Their last, their, their round seventh pick. round pick. Oh, I mean, I, I really want to Google right now. No, no. Um, and don't, I, chat, don't help him out because I know someone in the chat is going to know. There's absolutely, I have no idea. I'll give you a clue. Okay. Are you ready? I like clues. He's from Winnipeg. He's from Winnipeg and he was drafted. Oh, I want this one. I, I, Spencer Mahachek. No. Was Spencer Mahachek that year? I believe so. Was yeah. Spencer Mahachek even from Winnipeg? No. Um, Kasdorf was drafted by the Jets though, folks. Snacku, you're yeah, wrong. That it was 2011. That, that was 2011. 2011 this is 2010. Just, just give it to me. We're already an hour and 16 minutes in. I've okay. Noticed. Okay. Well, I'll give you one more clue. He played for the Manitoba Moose. From Winnipeg, played for the Moose, was the captain of the Manitoba Moose. Oh, okay. Now I got it. Stoikowicz. Peter Stoikowicz. Peter Stoikowicz, the captain of the Manitoba Moose, was the last ever, which I always think is a little bit funny that the last draft pick ever of the Atlanta Thrashers was from Winnipeg. So that's kind of uh, 
little, uh, little, a little 2000. I, I don't know why I mute myself when I'm still talking. That doesn't really make a, a lot of sense. I got a little excited. Okay. As we're going to do the tough duck winner. So you start to talk. I'm going to post the, the comment. Yep. We are going to tonight's tough duck winner is going to go. I hope, hope that Daryl Grenko is still listening because it was about uh, 40 minutes ago. The comment, uh, I don't know if Dave has it up there, but I'll read it too many passes. There you go. Too many passes and not enough hitting. No one goes to the front of the net. The team is not willing to put in the work to win. Daryl, you have won the Tough Duck hardest hitting comment. Send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com, or you can sign into my DMs at ICSEG, and Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you directly. There you go, Daryl. Congratulations to Daryl. Congratulations to D-Train and all of our winners and, and everybody who's participating in all of these contests. Uh I, who you know who join us each and half after every single Jets game and every Saturday morning at nine o'clock, joining Drew, Ezzy, and myself while we uh, chat, we ramble, we we discuss, we analyze, we do whatever we need to do to keep you guys entertained. Hopefully, you do. It's been a fun weekend, Ezzy. Been a lot of hockey. Four games in a row for the Jets, the Moose. I'm looking forward ice. to sleeping. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I have a feeling that I'm going to be going to sleep little earlier than normal tonight, Dave. I might go back to my parents because they my my brother in law was was cooking a nice little uh, barbecue today. So Ooh. I haven't had dinner. I maybe What's on the barbecue. Maybe I'll go too. Yeah, there's some burgers, some dogs. So as maybe we'll uh, we'll wrap this up right now I mean, and we'll. Uh, I mean, I'm, we'll, I'm already with you. I might as well just go with you. Well, as he, but before we do, I love going to the North End. Yeah, that's true too. But more importantly, as remember, what 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 shirt are you wearing right now? Seagrams. Right. So oh, you're wearing a Seagram shirt. Oh, they went to the to wrong side. I forgot to do it. Shot of, shot of the game, right? There we go. Okay. So the Jets didn't score any goals here. Okay. Yeah. Plug for fireball. Yeah. Oh, you got it. You got it backwards. Get the, but maybe okay. get the right one. So yeah, shout out yeah. to Seagrams. Shout out to fireball. We've, yeah. got, we've got the big bottle, not like that little bottle that Mendel has. Yeah. Well, we you, you don't, do, you don't, you don't, do. you don't screw around here, Azzy. I have to go home and, you know, tuck my kids in, by the way. Like they've, we'll, they've already we'll eaten, but I have to do like their bath and bedtime. So. Yeah, yeah, this we're getting this it. This isn't the best. Uh, hopefully, my kids are not watching YouTube right now. <laughs> but we're uh, going to do a shot of fireball here. So here we go. We're going to give the shot of the game. You know what? I could give it to Bo Horvat, but I'm going to give it to Brock Nelson. Ooh, interesting. Just because you know UND, great player. Um, I think he's been underrated. I've always liked his game. So Brock Nelson, shot of the game. As he's getting the shot of fireball, though. Well, as he's tasting something called fireball, tastes like heaven, mm. burns like hell. And sometimes you have to ignite the night. The Jets, something the Jets didn't do, Ezzy. They didn't. Mm, they, yummy, the Jets yummy, did yummy. not ignite the night. And uh, unlike them, Ezzy is trying to. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna hold on now. The question is, Frosty Winnipeg. Frosty already posted the. Oh, there we go. Hold on. There we go. Frosty is way ahead of me, and I was I was farting around as so I didn't get it up there. But let's uh, let's big thanks to all of our sponsors of Illegal Curve and make the post game show the Saturday show, and of course illegalcurve.com a possibility. They are. Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, and The Keg. Please support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. Whew, it has been a long... It feels like it's a long weekend, Ezzy, and it's, it's not a long weekend. It's actually a short weekend. The weekend yeah, ends... shows are just always better without Drew. Like, they oh. really are. Like, well, I'm not joking. Like, I'm, I'm being serious right now. The air is fresher. Well, well, there's more. First of all, there's more mic time for the two of us. More mic time. Just it's everything is about it's more enjoyable. Well, there you go. So the I'm the, obviously uh, joking. I know. Oh, they're gonna. Think oh, that right. I'm being too harsh on Drew. I'm joking. We miss Wait, you, Drew. 
Well, he didn't do the show, so he, we don't really miss him. If he does the show, then no, then we wouldn't miss him either. Anywho, thank you very much for joining us on this broadcast of Illegal Curve Hockey. Reminder to everyone, please smash that like button. Give us a like. We like the likes. Helps us with the algorithm. Make sure you're love subscribing. I love the likes. And more importantly, not only do we want you to subscribe, we're trying to grow the channel. So how do you yeah. do that? It's yeah. word of mouth. Tell your so neighbors. I want every, I, tell your neighbors. Yeah. Share it on Facebook. Go Come to your and join us on neighbor's house. Ask them for a quart of milk or some sugar. And then also tell them to subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. That's what a good exactly. next door neighbor would do. That's right. So I want every, that. Wouldn't that be nice, Ezzy? We should, we should do a challenge show. We should challenge everyone to get one person to hit that subscribe button and let's grow that illegal chat curve subscriber yeah. base. We're, let's we're keep this Ponzi scheme going here. <laughs> we're, 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 we're nibbling at 5,000. So let's get up to 5,000 in the next few weeks, folks. If we, and we can only do that we are for your assistance. 5, so yeah. what's that? We are close. So that's yeah, we what we get, need. We hit 10,000 uh, on the hockey Manitoba Instagram account. So that was a big milestone. 10 K. Well, I mean, come on, we're, we're at 12,000 on the illegal curve one. So uh, talk to me, talk to me. Well, when yeah, you I, mean, number. No, I mean, we can't, we can't <laughs> compete with IC's Instagram. Anyways, the point is we appreciate if you can, if you can give us that assist and, and the other way you can do that in addition to going on uh, and liking us on Facebook is drop a comment on the podcast. We always appreciate if you go on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, however you get your, the podcast and uh, throw a comment on there as well. That helps us as well. Gets the name of word of mouth. That's how we get spread. We appreciate all of you joining us, spending your Sunday with us, spending each and every day with us. Our next broadcast is coming your way on Tuesday after the Jets and LA Kings game. I don't know. Drew always seems to know the time, but he hasn't put it up as, so I don't know exactly when that'll be, but you, you know what? You won't have to worry for the the show. No, well, yeah, he'll be like 845 well, or whatever. 10, quarter to yeah. 10. It's a 7 o'clock start, I believe. Oh, right. So it'll right? be 945. Yeah, yeah 945. I mean, basically but, just add two two hours and 45 minutes. There you go. Drew's, that's see, tougher he, sometimes, though, like when you have the 2.30 start. Well, even today was a little bit of a quick, right? uh, and it was yeah. quicker. There weren't a lot of whistles. So that's why, you know what you do? You go to illegalcurve.com because we will be staying up to date, whether it's a day, a game day or non-game day tomorrow, practice day. So there'll be a practice report. Moose are off, but like I said, they'll be backyard rink. So there'll be lots of uh, news and notes. Join us seven o'clock Maybe tomorrow morning. Trade. We have a Maybe trade another trade. And now. if there is, you know your source, legalcurve.com. <laughs> Anyways, we thank you for joining it's us. Fireball your... talking, Dave. It's not me. That's all good. It's all good, as we appreciate it. We love it. We love you. So let's uh let's let everybody get to the rest of their Sunday night. We will get to the rest of our Sunday night. And if there's any news, of course, illegalcurve.com and the illegal curve hockey and postgame shows will be ready to you know keep you updated so thanks a lot for joining us on the broadcast again i'm dave manuke he's ezzy ginsburg and have a good rest of your night thanks for listening to this broadcast from illegal curve hockey for more great illegal curve content subscribe to the illegal curve youtube channel follow at illegal curve on twitter facebook and instagram and visit your online home for hockey in winnipeg illegalcurve.com